Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fitness Philadelphia podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Herding, and I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Philadelphia's best sports medicine physicians, physical therapists, strength coaches, and personal trainers. These movement professionals are the leaders driving the healthcare revolution in the Philadelphia region. During each episode, we gain valuable insight into how these individuals are changing the game. Please stop by precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness with a PH Philadelphia to subscribe and learn more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fitness Philadelphia. I'm Dr. John Herding here. And today, as always, it's my pleasure to interview Miss Emily Pappas of Relentless Athletics. How are you, Emily? I'm great, John. How about yourself? I'm doing excellent. You're in a, uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording that we've never actually met, but we've both been around the Philly area doing our own thing for a while. So like mm-hmm. we've we've shared we share some more friendships and some more circles, but it's great to finally talk to you because you have this amazing thing going on out in Horsham, right? In Hatfield, but close to Horsham. Hat- same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I grew up in that area, but oh, um, so they're not really close. But the I've kind of, I've really admired what you've done from afar because how long how long have you been in business? This is our seventh year, which is an amazing for a small business to last seven years, and then specifically with the population that you're serving and the uniqueness and the message that you've been able to spread. It's it's really a testament to the great things that you're doing. So. So good work. Let's kind of give us, tell everybody what you do, the population that you serve, what your gym, what your gym's mission is, and and then kind of how you came to be in the space and, and what got you into the fitness industry, like just a brief bio of you and then your gym and its mission. Yeah, definitely. So I own Relentless Athletics. So Relentless is a sports performance facility that specializes in female athlete development. We work only with female athletes. Our main demographic is really from middle school up through high school and then college athletes when they are back on break. But our main mission is really developing the female athlete as a whole. So it's on strength, conditioning, and sports injury rehab, as well as really injury risk reduction, and then a good amount of speed and agility thrown in there as well. So really what our main goal is to not only develop strong athletes, strong female athletes, but really more importantly, develop really strong, confident young women. There's really not a lot of places out there where these girls can receive mentorship from young female adults uh, that they can relate to, but then also can develop a little friendship with. And it's just this mentorship that we really are here to provide and give them this nice safe space where they're here to try something new because most of them have never lifted weights before and they're going to feel really uncomfortable. And we want them to feel like this, that's normal. And that's, this is the place for them. And we're here to support them along the way. While the obvious of giving them a periodized program that is based in science, that's the obvious part, but the rest is the culture and the environment that we have here. So kind of backtracking where I started is when I was in high school, I really wasn't a good athlete. I would make a team, but you would sit me on the bench. So instead, my parents were like, quit soccer because we don't want to have to end our summer early. And I was like, I I gotcha. And I really just dove into science and I became, I fell in love with science. I went to undergrad at Drexel and I studied it bio with my concentration in biochemistry. 
And at that time, that's when I was running all the time and I kept getting injured and I couldn't figure out why. And I was so injured to the point that what was my other option? Let's see this lifting weight things. And there wasn't that much social media back then, but there was a lot of like blogs. So I remember looking up blogs and seeing some girls like doing this thing called weightlifting. I remember thinking like, that's really cool. I want to try. And I found all these old YouTube videos, a lot of muscle driver stuff. And I tried to teach myself in a regular gym. And when I was doing that, I remember thinking, wow, I, I'm really curious to what the scientific underpinning of like, what's actually going on with my body. Because besides muscle, there's this coordination, there's this, this mental connection with, with my body in terms of movements that I can see that my, by me training this way, when I go and actually play pickup soccer or pickup basketball, I'm automatically a better athlete and my body's healing and I can run again and I'm not feeling in pain. I want to know why. So I went to grad school at Temple initially to get my PhD in exercise physiology. And during that time, I really wanted to actually, that's kind of where it came up with the idea that I was like, I think I want to open up a gym. And I remember talking to the guy, the guy I had the fellow. Uh, you don't need your PhD for that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But you really wanted me to st stick with it. So my first year I started working with the, uh, James Hoffman, who was my mentor. He's a, one of the main guys at Renaissance periodization before mm -hmm. they really kind of picked up. No one really knew about that. And I just remember meeting him and he was fantastic and he taught me so much and he helped me be the assistant strength coach for the women's rugby team. And mm -hmm. during that time, that's where I really solidified the direction of what I wanted to do, because I remember working with these girls and realized, one, I love working with them because I can see how they look up to me and how I can connect with them. Two, these girls play rugby and not a single one of them has ever lifted a weight before. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. uh, my dad always taught me when you want to open a business, you find a need and you fill that need. And I was like, I think this is a huge need and I want to figure out a way of filling it. So I dropped down, got my master's. To the guy, the guy's dismay, but mm -hmm. it's okay. And from I just started working. My last year at school, I started as an online nutrition business, which just going around seminars, writing people nutrition programs. I was competing in weightlifting at this point, so I really know how to cut really well. So I was helping people do that, and I was really just trying to raise money to buy equipment because I didn't have mm -hmm. equipment and I really wanted to do this. And then fast forward, as soon as I graduated, I moved home and I remember thinking, I wish I could do this in the city. But back then I knew that I really had to be back in the suburbs where I was from because no other place like that existed around me. And there's so many schools in this area that I knew I could serve. From there, I, I found a building and I set up camp. And each year we've just continued to grow and we have I think we have four coaches now, an entire internship program. That's how we develop our coaches, as well as a, an office manager. And we just keep growing. And it's really fantastic if we're up to about 200 athletes now. And then on the side, we do a lot of team training, too. So it's been quite a ride. I mm -hmm. opened this place as a young as a young woman, and it's, I've definitely grown up with it. I've learned a lot in terms of management and business ownership. But my passion has always been science and really creating a place that I wish I had when I was in high school. I love it. That's such a good story. And I, and I love how just your mission is apparent and you've been so successful with it. Um, and I love what you said initially with like, you're really creating this safe space for adolescent females to feel comfortable in their own skin mm -hmm. and to learn lifelong habits that'll just help them feel more confident as they're moving forward in life. It's such a difficult time for a lot of them and giving that 
young female presence of mentorship. I think that's amazing. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Because so often, like, it's such a male dominated industry. And is, have you found that that's been a barrier of entry for some of the females that are coming, finding your gym and coming into the gym? So, so it is such a male dominated industry. And that's where for us, we really set ourselves apart because this is a great niche that this is, everyone loves that we are, we serve only females. We are female only staffed in terms of where I actually find difficulty is finding coaches. And that's where I came up with the idea of the internship program, because it's really hard to find female strength coaches. And I've always wanted the place to only be females only just because I found that that might be a better way of kind of building that type of mentorship program that I wanted to create. And I just see it's so unique and I know it's really hard to kind of find that. So the biggest barrier really is finding females that have experience within this realm. And I can say that because as you know, rewind over a decade ago, when I was still trying to do internships, it was really hard for me as a young female to kind of get any type of experience. It just, it's a male dominated industry. And maybe it was, I was, you know, subconsciously insecure about some things, but I just felt like my voice wasn't being heard. And I knew I had a lot to bring to the table. So I was really happy when I did find James as my mentor, because he really just, he's the first person I told my gym idea to. And he was like, that's an awesome idea. You should go do it. I'm like, really? No one else thinks it's a good idea. Everyone's saying that that's that's just silly. I'm cutting my population in half. He's like, no, run with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I find it a positive for the population that we serve. Our parents love it. Athletes love it. But in terms of employment, it's difficult to find to find a lot of female coaches. Granted, it has definitely changed over the past mm-hmm. five or so years. But it's definitely something that I that's why I created our internship program, because I want to give more young up and coming female strength and conditioning coaches an ability to really get guidance and experience and mm-hmm. allow them to kind of get rid of the noise of I don't care if it's a male dominated industry. I don't care. Like you're here to learn be a great coach. Well, we need to talk because we need to somehow merge our mentorships then too, because our physical therapy clinic is primarily based in strength and conditioning, seeing an athletic population. And it's been hard for us. I don't want it to be boys club. And it's been hard for us Mm -hmm. to find a female physical therapist with strength that understands strength and conditioning concepts and can can Mm -hmm. command a room with your D one six foot eight basketball player. Exactly. So we need to exactly. talk because I don't want an all male staff. And exactly. if any of your strength coaches want to go to PT school or they go to PT school, connect them with me because I will. I currently have one that's about to graduate actually to school. <laughs> well, let's let's <laughs> connect. So how are most of your athletes finding you? Is it a lot of word of mouth or I mean really do they have prior experience? Training? No, no athlete ever comes home with prior experience. And if they do, it's interesting experience that where it's, it's harder because like, we kind of have to reverse some movement patterns that they learn. Um, mm-hmm. Really like any industry, uh, small business, it's word of mouth. So yeah. word of mouth. And with that, I, uh, you know, social media marketing is, of course, related to that because social media is really just a way of showcasing. It's another means of word of mouth. So we really grow because it's like, hey. I saw that Facebook post and there's an athlete that I know. And then, holy crap, I just, I talked to my friend and I heard that her daughter was going to Relentless on the other thing on Instagram. So it's mm-hmm. really collectively yeah. word of mouth and just, it's multiple, you always want to have multiple touch points. So the more you see Relentless and the brand has really been able to develop, that's really how we've been able to grow. 
Absolutely. So then how about local coaches of female sports teams? Because I think there's still, and and you, I could be completely off base here, but they're still in some of these old school female coaches. Like they don't want their athletes lifting necessarily. Have you been able to get connected with them and help change some of their minds? And yeah. um, how are you, again, navigating kind of that situation with Hey, ladies, this is going to help you become that much better, similar to your, your situation and what you found in your own athletics. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly, I've seen it shift. So I started this place seven years ago. And back then, I remember, you know, having these hard conversations of to these coaches, like, this is so essential. I remember one coach told me, I'm only looking for speed and agility and really strength mm-hmm. is the cherry on top. And I remember being like, no, you have it reversed. Like, strength is the foundation. The rest is the cherry on top. Like, no, I think it's starting to change just because just our industry has been changing and evolving. And there's a lot more understanding that, hey, strength actually helps reduce the chance of injuries and trying to debunk some myths like stretching is not going to help her. She needs to get stronger. Like that's Mm going to be her main modality that she needs to focus on. We have a team training program here where we have teams come in outside of our regular athlete hours. We operate as a semi-private program, so mm-hmm. six to one athlete to coach ratio, but we can have an upwards of 40 girls in here at a time. We're over 20,000 square feet. But with that in our team training program, that's an entire team comes in and they're they're doing the same program versus our semi-private. Every program is individualized as periodization should be applied. Mm-hmm. And in our team training program, we have coaches that buy in. And which is fantastic that they understand. And then on the converse, there's still lots of coaches out there that are like, yeah, I just can't make them do it. You know, I just, I just, you know, I, I don't really see why I should convince them to do it. And that's when that first happened, that's where I really took a lot of the content that I've created for Relentless about educating, because I just felt that if they knew what I knew, they wouldn't mm-hmm. think that way. They wouldn't think that strength is a cherry on top. They would think, oh, we need to train year round. So it is really rewarding when I do have parents that are like, I've been listening, I've been reading all the stuff that you said, and I'm going to have my my athlete continue to train all season long. I always thought it would be Mm -hmm. too much. Like, no, no, no. Like, I need to see her at least once a week. This is so imperative to making sure that she stays strong and resilient. So things are changing, but I have many friends that are in, you know, that work with in division one and I have Mm -hmm. many girls that are in division one and they're like, yeah, they don't let us lift, but the boys do. And come on. Oh my goodness. If we read research, if anyone should be in the waiver, it should be the girls before the boys. Like, come on. Or they have they have different programs. And a lot of stuff we do here is a lot of Olympic weightlifting. And the mm-hmm. boys are allowed to do that, but they won't teach us. Right. It's sad that that still exists and it's 2022. But there's some amazing programs out there. But I mean, just what was it last year or the year before? The NCAA and the basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing what the girls' gym is. And everyone's like, oh, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I've been saying this for years, guys. Like, yeah. this isn't crazy. This is the world that we live in. We're, we need to get this concept understood. Slow, slowly changing, but. But I do think, and it's come up a couple of times, in, like just in some of the things you've mentioned, I think. Our generation is really like when you look at strength and conditioning and the thoughts around male versus female training, like it's still a pretty young profession and the science is still pretty new. So I think mm-hmm. like our generation starting to do some great stuff. And then the, the generation like or two even behind us up and coming is just revolutionizing and changing the thought process. So I think as you start to weed out some of those older school coaches and you get some of our age group leading the charge, I think mm-hmm. hopefully that's when we really see the shifts. 
Oh, exactly. And I, I, I have a perfect example of that. I have uh, this female and she's the coach of a local <clears throat> lacrosse team. And she's like, yes, let's do team training in season. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, you, I love you. The fact mm-hmm. that she understands it versus another team that I've talked to older. They're like, no, 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 that's too much. I'm like, oh my goodness. So it really does. It really speaks to the generations that we're working with. And it's just, you oftentimes coach the way that you played your sport. So mm-hmm. if you didn't strength train during the season, you're not going to have your athletes do it versus now if we have younger coaches coming in, they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I lifted all year round. They're going to encourage their athletes to do the same. Absolutely. So you briefly touched on you're mostly offering semi-private training. That's a six to one ratio. And every per, every athlete has their own individualized program. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you yeah, take exactly. me through that process? So if I'm a new female coming in, I want to get a program for you. What does that process look like? Am I getting an evaluation? Are you taking pre-measurements? Talk me through that process, what the outcome is, and then what's a typical athlete training? How many times a week? Is it, mm-hmm. are they month long programs? How are you typically structuring the programming? Yeah, that's a great question. So in order to get started with our program, every athlete and her parent is required to perform a movement assessment. And in that assessment, this is where we not only do we put them through an actual physical assessment, but prior to that, we do a lot of conversations of we want the athlete to explain to us what her goals are, what her past injuries are. We talk to them about what training load is because they don't understand in their mind, they play sport year round. So that means that they're competing year round. So instead we do it very simply. How many hours a week do you devote to any type of sport, physical activity, skills included? We graph it out for them and they can see the ups and downs. And then from there, we explain, okay, so this type of training should complement it. I'm drawing a dotted line. You know, it's basically the peaks and valleys. And then from there, we explain to them, you know, the best athletes are the athletes that maintain a, a high training load. However, in different different types of things. So when your sport volume is super competitive, that's when we don't want to see you as much. Versus when we're in our preparatory seasons, that's when we really want to ramp it up. So for that reason. Every program is designed only in four weeks bout. So we don't, there's no reoccurring memberships here. Instead, at the end, when they have about a couple of sessions left, we have the parents fill out a survey and let us know, you know, what's the current training load? What's, what's happened? What's changed? How many hours a week? Are there any nagging pains that we haven't heard about? Are there any big tournaments coming up? Fill us in. And then from there, we give the recommendation. We compare what the notes we took in their assessment and we see, okay, in our initial assessment, we said that this was going to be your competitive season, but you're claiming that we're only doing zero to five hours. So that's not a competitive season. What's changed? Our recommendations have now changed. So our athletes should never be here the same amount of time throughout the year. Instead, it really ranges in the ideal world between two and four times a week. And that's collectively strength, some conditioning, depending on where they're at in relation to their competitive season, as well as maybe speed and agility. We do speed and agility differently here. They must be accepted into the program. We just created a entry level. They have to be able to front squat their body weight. If they can't front squat their body weight, full depth, I can get your athlete faster and strong and more powerful by first getting her stronger. Mm-hmm. We're not here. We didn't start a business to steal parents' money and you can go anywhere and have your kid go through a drill, but it's not going to actually lead to anything. We need to get them strong first. Yep. Um, and that's when we tell that to them right away, like, hey, you may not understand it. We get it, but you're here to, this is our recommendations. And then, you know, the parents just have to apply it to life. And especially if the kids are younger, we have a good amount of 
nine to like 11 year olds, which is awesome. That's awesome. They're, that's Oh my God. All of our, co my coaches, we, we always have a meeting before so we open up and the floor, the floor is mm -hmm. open. And we're all just saying like, we have this new influx of these girls and like, we love them because they are just, it's so cool to have a little nine year old next to a 16 year old and they're mm -hmm. both lifting together. And this nine year old, now her entire thought process or perspective of lifting weights is this is normal as a girl versus when I grew up at that age, that was not I love normal. That. That's, I'm doing a little like fitness tape. So it's, it's mm -hmm. probably the coolest thing and getting those parents to understand your daughter is nine. My job is to get her to move well, have fun, move in all different planes, hop, mm -hmm. jump, skip, do have fun. And then as she gets maybe into high school, then we'll focus more on when her competitive season is. But we don't want to focus on that just yet because that's mm -hmm. not the time. Now is developing the athlete. So that's really our favorite. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What, so what's driving that? I mean, I I have a seven and a half. Like an, he'll let you know he's seven and a half, right? Oh, okay. And yeah. I, but it, you know. Do. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And as much as I want him, like he doesn't want to do what's driving these nine to 11 year olds to come in. How, like, are they self-motivated? Is it their parents? Is it their coaches? It's, I think it's a little both. So we, there's a local soccer club that we do a good amount of team training with. And we had, I guess we had a big group of them come in. I guess that was our group of nine, 10 year olds. And from there, I mean, they just had so much fun. And after team training finishes, you need to be on an individualized program. And we explain that to you like, Hey, your team training session is over. We'd love for you to continue. Here's the process of how to get into the semi-private program. Mm -hmm. And from there, it's just word of mouth, you know, yeah. like, Hey, my daughter, my daughter loves this. I mean, at the end of the day, what I really try to instill in my coaches to understand is one, I want you guys to love what you do, because if you love what you do, your athletes will love what they do. And if they love what you do, this business will do nothing but continue to flourish and will do nothing but continue to touch and impact these lives and mm -hmm. that's really why we're here there's as a female athlete i don't care if you're playing professional or not you're this isn't your long-term career people the girls that play in the wnba have met players and they're still paying for their own hotel rooms like yeah. that's the world that we live in so what is our real job i want you to make it good at your sport but i want to impact you and i want to touch you and change you and make build your confidence and show you what the weight room can do for you not just physically but more importantly that's life. And let's, let's put our head down and let's do this together and cheer each other up and encourage each other along the way. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the rise education platform. Rise stands for rehab integrated into sports education. We offer solutions for business owners who want to bring more athletes into their practice, as well as clinicians to help them better understand how to integrate sports performance metrics into the rehab setting. Our 12-week master's class for clinicians offers solutions for clinicians to begin to implement these ideas right away. And our business mentorships helps business owners figure out the solutions that best suit their business's needs. Visit sportsrehabeducation.com for more information. Your mission's the best ever. I love it. Thanks. But, <laughs> and, and how have you found, like, in your culture, so you talked about, like, it's just a young female coach providing mentorship for the young women coming into the gym. How about within the age groups in the gym, like the 9 to 11-year-old and, you know, the high school, sophomore, junior, senior? Like, have you seen, like, some mentorship? And I'm sure those 9-year-olds are looking up to the high school athlete that, you know, oh, is in yeah. this position they want to be in. Oh like, yeah. I, it's so fun because you'll see in their eyes, like they're just like scared, especially when we're on the platform, like, cause they're cool as you like, snatching a clean and jerk and you have the 
nine-year-old she's like staring at the other girl and like mm-hmm. all the plates and she's like oh my gosh but it's so cool because i'm like yeah she started where you were just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. so that's really inspiring you know nine it's it depends like we have some girls that i'm like oh my god this girl won't stop talking and she's chatting with everyone in the gym and mm-hmm. then you have another girl that's a little shy but that's okay because you know you put her next to a coach that like knows that but my our older girls we're just such a good family here like our our coaches, we all, when we see our young athletes, like all of us, we can't help it. Our hearts melt. We're like, this is adorable. And then mm-hmm. our, our older girls see that and they're sitting on the platform like, oh my God. So everyone's just like cheering this young kid on because we just think it's world. So it's a really cool interaction uh, where the young girls are looking up to them and the older girls are just like supporting them and just like looking at these young kids the way that we do. Of, they're so cute and amazing. So it's a really cool environment. Oh, that's great. And then do you ever find like some of those younger girls and then going to watch some of the high school athletes at the, oh like, my goodness. Well, the best is some of them. We have a good amount of softball girls here. So mm-hmm. the best is like, we'll have like a young girl. They'll like come up to our coaches and they're like, is that so-and-so? And they're like pointing <laughs> to an older girl to come in and we're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, she is so good. She is like one of my heroes. She plays when oh. she like made high school. So it's mm-hmm. so cute. Cause they're like, oh. I'm going to go to that high school get it one day. So it, they, they literally get like starstruck. It's mm-hmm. so cute. And then the older girls love it because who doesn't love being looked up to yeah, that way? Absolutely. So they, yeah. they definitely do that because a lot of them also maybe share a pitching coach or, you know, a different skills coach or play within the same club. So mm-hmm. that's how they see each other. So like when they see each other here, it's just so cute. I love it. Right. So good. So how are you addressing, like, I love the fact that you're, you've talked a couple times too about how just building strength helps reduce injury. And I love the fact that you have those, the basic level of entry into speed and agility where you have to be able to squat your body weight. I think that's amazing. It's a great metric. How have you found, uh, obviously everybody knows of that, like high risk of female ACL injuries and all of that kind of stuff. So have you found that you've been able to impact some of these, like, are you tracking the metrics of how you're impacting ACL injuries and how are you incorporating some of that stuff into your programming to make, mm-hmm. to ensure, because we all know too, like, you have to, if you want to reach your athletic potential, you have to stay healthy. You have to stay on the field. Like that's the number one exactly. predictor of athletic success, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So exactly. what kinds of things are you incorporating into their programs to help reduce some of the more female specific injuries? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we do is step one is education and getting parents and athletes to understand what is a non-contact ACL injury. It's an overuse mm-hmm. injury. But what's the one modality that has been shown that can help reduce the chance of an overuse injury by 50%? strength training. So the first thing is getting them to jump on board with that and understanding, Hey, your body is not fragile. This is, you didn't, it didn't just snap because you're on your period. It didn't just snap because your hips are wider. Look around. None of you look the same. That that's not it. But what is it is that we're underprepared. So we need to improve our preparation for our sport. Boys got kind of like get a little head start because they have a night, their puberty helps them get a little bit more muscle mass and they move with a little bit better coordination. So we have a little catching up to do, and that's okay because we can work for it and do it. Mm-hmm. So first, getting them to buy in and, and, and understand that. Second to that, everything is really going to be depending on the athlete. So maybe an athlete comes in and her assessment, we judge that, hey, she's really posterior dominant. She really lacks any type of anterior leg strength. When we w- watch her running gait, we can see there's a lot of pelvic instability. Maybe she's heel striking. So that's the basis of where the program goes. And a big thing is getting our, our parents and athletes to understand like your body moves where it feels strongest. 
Mm-hmm. So we need to instill efficient movement patterns, and that's where we're going to move with efficiency. However, we don't want to fear inefficient movement patterns because that's we don't want to fear. We don't want to fear an athlete away from a certain movement. We just want to build strength so their body finds a good movement pattern. Mm-hmm. So that's step one. Step two, once the athlete demonstrates like a, a, a basic level of just body awareness, movement competency, efficiency, adding in a lot of barefoot stuff, some like plyometric work, a lot of tendon loading, and then for them, getting them to understand the importance of like conditioning. It's like, hey, your daughter, her, her season's coming up. I have to get her ready for what she's about to experience. So I need her sprinting here twice a week. I'm going to stay here longer. She's got to to lift twice a week and I need her sprinting twice a week. So getting them to understand like, hey, we we don't, we have to slowly start to ramp it up because your season's about to start. So getting them to really understand the training loads concepts and what an overuse injury is. It's just really under preparation and that we want to have our athletes move with efficiency, but build that efficiency and strength based on when the athlete is. I mean, the you know, back in the research is, oh, po- you know, female athletes are so anterior dominant. Anecdotally, all of our coaches have seen the opposite. All of our mm-hmm. girls are so posteriorly strong, but they have no anterior leg strength. Where it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Well, your quads are really important. We want our quads and hammies to contract together when we're decelerating or cutting. So really based on the athlete but then maybe i have another athlete comes in i'm like wow anteriorly she's so strong in her lower body mm-hmm. posteriorly she is not and then you know let's take a step couple steps back she doesn't even understand she cannot stabilize her force statically so let's let's focus on that stuff first before we're going to do anything fancy I, i'm not having her jump off the box until i can make sure i can like can we stabilize your core let's teach you how to do that it's really teaching the movement patterns and then it's it's just like a building block step you know each step Mm-hmm. And getting them to understand, you know, your your bodies are different and more females are getting these injuries because we're just not preparing them. Here's the best way we can prepare them. Yeah. I don't I don't disagree with any of that at all. I think we can we can get so bogged down in the research and mm-hmm. you can kind of make research show you whatever you want it to show you. And yeah, and research can never control for all the variables. And like I don't disagree with anything you just said. I think and that's the way we kind of we craft our practice here. And it's a little bit what makes us different from other practices is sometimes strength just fixes things. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like exactly. it's a, like uh, really you and I are just load managers and stress managers and how, Literally. where does a person fit on the spectrum and what's the mm-hmm. the right stress for their body at that right point in time. Right. Exactly. And it's just exactly. this continuum of where do they, again, where do they fit on the spectrum? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, a, it's a funny thing. There's sometimes we have some girls come in and they're just, you know, very interesting movers to be mm-hmm. put nicely. And I'll just have like a coach look at me and she's like, where do, what do we do? And I'm like, just need to get her strong. Because once mm-hmm. she's stronger, I promise you she'll be moving a lot better. We just got to get her strong. <laughs> like yeah. Just getting them to understand, like, just being stronger fixes it, guys. It, it, I'm telling you, it's going to fix it. Yeah, and I, and I think the trick, though, is there's always a point of entry in, pick, in finding an exercise where they can do it appropriately with load. It doesn't have to be a back squat that looks like shit. Exactly. Right? Exactly. What, where, what exercise? And, and that's, that's one thing we we harp on the most with a lot of our interns is mm-hmm. just have your progressions and regressions, which yes, I think is, exactly. it's, it's a lost art and a lost skill. I think, I don't know how, yeah. what you see, but it's like, Oh, you have to do a squat this way. Like, no, there's a million different ways, a million different, very like how you 
place the load, how you position the feet, how you position, uh, it's just, there's a million different ways. And which exactly. the skill is where, how can I get this female athlete who moves, you know, less than ideal? How do I get her? And yet maybe sometimes body weight's the correct load, but also how do I put load that forces her to get outside of her comfort zone? And, but how do I most optimally put her in a position to succeed? Exactly. That's such a, it's funny that we have so many kids that come into us, you know, whether it be their, their last year, they're in a, you know, ex exercise science program in college. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they don't cover progressions and regressions. And that's like a Barton internship program. That's a solid five weeks. And then the rest yeah. is like injuries and then you, you, that kind of stuff. But it's like, that's so important and getting them to understand like, Hey, just like we don't need a front squatter because can she hold a 45 pound dumbbell and goblet squat that she can't do that yet let's do that let's right. get the movement let's okay so this athlete keeps toppling forward what can we do how can we position her to make it a little bit more efficiently like should we elevate her heels off the platform do you think that's going to allow her to have a more upright torso or mm -hmm. maybe she's doing a back squat and we're like oh well, we, we must back squat and you're like well look at the mechanics of this movement what if we did a zombie squat instead? And yeah, that might be a little less load, but now we're positioning her joints in an angle that they weren't hitting before. So that's really a progression in itself because look at look at the joint angles, look at her movement quality. Yeah, that's like that's like relentless 101. Like what are your progressions mm -hmm. and regressions? Memorize like that, like our, our little movement library, like memorize your progressions or regressions because it helps you just think, uh, it, maybe this athlete hold a plate. She's doing a you know long arm, plate hold a driver squat and she's holding a five pound plate and that is okay because mm -hmm. this look at the movement the movement itself is a progression from what she was doing without that external stimulus absolutely yeah and it's hard for kids to put together yeah like it takes yeah. like because i'll throw the kids the, i'll throw them to the fire and say oh. put together your progressions and regressions and then we'll go over it yep and yep. and it takes them a while and they have to think through it and yeah i think it's it's an under underutilized or just something that I think is not always thought about with a lot of the people that we see. And it's it's yeah. one of the things that are, it can be most impactful to your practice or your programming or whatever, just to make mm -hmm. sure you have those down so you can find the entry level for an athlete whenever they come in. Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So with all the wonderful things you're doing and getting all these females strong, I have to ask, has have you ever been approached by like a male high school athlete to come in and train? I have. There's been a couple, <laughs> a couple guys that are like, why can't I come and train? I'm like, pick any other gym. There's look yeah. at all of your other gym options. Sorry, not here. I like to say, you know, when I first opened, they're like, I don't know, that's discrimination. I'm like, have you ever been to a golf? At, have you ever gone golfing? Because there's things called men's clubs, and I was mm -hmm. never allowed in there. And I felt out. So if those can still exist, this gym can definitely still exist. Yeah. Because I would golf with my dad, and my dad's like, sorry, you can't come in here. No girls are allowed. So I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I get it because that's whatever. That's that's you know their product, and that's what that's how they state so i was like say sorry just it doesn't no. it doesn't it affects the it affects the atmosphere and our ability to provide the product the way that we want to so here's mm -hmm. a list of other gyms you can go to i love it that I, there needs to be more gyms like yours absolutely okay. are you guys using any type of technology like you're, you're talking about all these metrics that you're tracking whatever are you using technology to do so or how are you so, how are you generally keeping those numbers yeah so we keep it pretty basic i mean uh, we use what do we use Zen Planner and Zen Planner is great because that's where we track all of our athletes' metrics. So we have like a list of movements that we're tracking. You know, they're clean, they're front squat, they're back squat, they're deadlift, they're single leg squat, all of that, their vertical jump, their 20 meter sprint. Uh, so we have our 
you know, our, our speed mat. We love that thing, but those are our only, those are the only metrics that we're tracking. I want to see, you know, those are the quant, that's the quantitative stuff that I can see. Like, is the load increasing knowing all of my coaches know, like, what is the movement protocol? Like, Hey, like, what are, what are these three things that I need to see for this movement pattern for us to actually, this load is actually meaningful. Like is the squat full depth, that type of stuff. Is, is she maintaining stability at the core? Is she in the middle of her foot? Okay. All three things. Great. She's hit them. Now we can add load. So we'll track that like, which is awesome. Gun player is great. Cause everything is great. Yeah. From the moment that athlete just started and five years later, she is now, uh, I just, I'm thinking of, of our agility stuff. So 20 meter, maybe 10 meter sprint, our jumps can be like a counter movement jump, maybe a depth jump we'll, we'll be testing. And it depends on the athlete and what the goal is. Like maybe this athlete needs to be more elastic. So I'm watching the ground contact times, or maybe mm -hmm. this athlete needs to be more powerful. So I'm like looking at, okay, what's the max vertical jump that she's hitting. So really the metrics are going to be dependent on the athlete and her need, but 75% of our athletes are really just new to this weight new. So it's really mm -hmm. the metric is, is she competent in movement in these movement patterns? Is she efficient in these movement patterns? Let's drive how let's let's figure out a way for us as a team to quantify that. And then from there, does strength, speed, and power actually come to play? And I think that's the money too, because everybody gets so lost in technology. But when you really look at the training age of a lot of the athletes that you're seeing, they just you need to keep it simple and track the basic things. Exactly. You don't like, need to overcomplicate. Technology is so cool. Exactly. Technology is so cool. Like when I lift, mm -hmm. I'll watch my bar path and like the, 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 my bar speed and all of that, like your phone app, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it with a 13 year old girl. Like that's, that's not, that's not the low hanging fruit. Yeah. The low hanging fruit is that she still doesn't know how to stabilize her, her core. So let's hit that one first before we throw any technology into the mix. It sounds, it's fancy, but simple is normally the only the best practice for this age group. Completely agree with you. And then I think that you can get so lost in the numbers of technology and like, what are you really doing with those numbers? So many people exactly. aren't using it appropriately, but when it, yeah, I, good stuff. Yeah. I love it. So I want to, what's your most rewarding story in dealing with this population? You've been, you know, you've had your gym for seven years, so I'm sure you've seen these girls that have started when they are 11 and now they're getting into the school of their choice, you know, or you've seen the girls that wanted to get into college and now they're graduating college and moving on to a career. What's some of the, the most rewarding stories that you've seen specific to your, this population? Yeah, I have, I have so many just because I've, you know, I've seen these girls coming through that, you know, the girl that started with me, she was in seventh grade, she's graduating college and then her younger sister is now graduating high school. So mm -hmm. I think some of the most rewarding is this year, of like the things that speak to me most is like getting random text messages from girls that I thought forgot about me that, you know, I trained early mm -hmm. seven years ago that send me a video of them lifting in the gym. They're like, look, I can still clean. Everyone thinks this is so awesome. So like knowing <laughs> that like, oh my God, I even forgot about that athlete. How does that athlete even remember me? Mm -hmm. Then I had an athlete, she's at UNC and she was like, Hey, I'm, I'm up and I haven't seen her. I haven't talked to her in literally four or five years. And she's like, mm -hmm. can I come in and get a lift? I just miss you. And I'm like, that's like knowing that I've impacted their lives. So that is just so awesome for me. My first athlete ever, she's, I'm getting married in a month and she's coming to my wedding because my I goodness. have a relationship with her. Her little cousin is nine and she's a part of my gym now. And I'm like, this is just so awesome. Mm -hmm. And like th those are really the most rewarding stories to then, you know, athletes, I have this one athlete, her and her sister started with me. I think they had it in eighth grade maybe. And um, 
you know, I was at their signing day and that was just so awesome to just like see their hard work and like them wanting me there. And it's just me and their parents that are like, that is just, that's the stuff that really I'll remember forever because mm-hmm. inviting me to the signing day where like, you know, you, I'm not important to you. That's just, and I'm next to your grandpa. Like that is yeah. just, you can't, you can't, you can't rep- That's just, that's why I do this. Absolutely. And that speaks to like the environment that you've created. You've been a huge part of their process. And just that going back to the very first thing you said about creating an environment of mentorship, like you're a huge part of that process. And it's amazing that they're recognizing that. And you're right. I think it's the relationships that make this job the best. Oh my goodness. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Cool. So what's next for you? Yeah. Are you going to open like this whole chain of of gyms or like what's going on? What's next for Emily? Well, you know, I love business and I've kind of looked into some of that stuff and I've realized that the really the bottleneck of where I'm at is having enough coaches and having enough female qualified coaches that have to coach. They have to go through my internship program. They have to graduate and they have to, I have high, I I run a very tight ship, but I run a tight ship because we, our reputation is very well known and my, our athletes are some of the best movers out there and we have a great program, but it it takes a lot of work to be able to, you know, understand that. And I, I'm old school. You Uh don't show up 10 minutes early for work. You're late. You, you like, that's, that's not how this works. Like getting them to, I think it's important. I see a lot of girls within this generation, just, Hey, you're two minutes late. That's not okay. Like that's disrespectful. I don't think you mean it that way, but Uh it's coming off that way. And whether you work for me or anybody else, this is something that we need to learn. This is a skill that you really need to kind of build at this point. So, you know, I really, we just, we just expanded the place again. Uh, We're out. There's, there's no more room for us to expand. We're over 20,000 square feet. And I love this area and I just kind of want to keep growing it now where I'm at. I've had a couple options of maybe opening up satellites somewhere, but for the satellite, I would just run it more as our team training program, just Uh because. I don't have enough qualified staff to be able to run an entire other program the way that we run it here. Uh And I just kind of love continuing to grow this place. I mean, I'm nowhere near capacity and you to grow. And if another opportunity in my future happens and we open up a satellite somewhere, you know, let's see what happens. But I've learned bigger isn't always better, especially Uh because I find fulfillment in the athletes and like really reaching them and touching them. And sometimes the bigger you get, the more it's, it's easy to lose track of who this person, who's that person. And I hate, I hate not knowing everyone's name in this place. And that's 200 names. That's a lot of names, but mm-hmm. I need to know them because I want to know who this girl is. That's, that's, you know, she's making my dream come true. So I mean, doing where I, what we are doing. I love the, our internship program. I love helping develop new female strength coaches. It's just so cool for me to see like, the girls that are working for me now, some of them have been here for two years and I'm just like, and they're helping, they're running. The one of them is like running my internship program. Like, you know, she applies and runs with it. And I'm like, she's this amazing teacher. And I'm like, goodness, two years ago, Uh you barely spoke (laughs) to like, now she's running the show. So that's so fulfilling to me. And I just kind of want to drive more of that. I want to own my business and work full time. And I plan on having a family and I plan on I definitely never had that. I, I've never really seen that in my life. I've never seen mm-hmm. a female business owner continuing to do that and having a family. And I would, that's really my next step. I want my children to be running around here and I'm still yeah. 
doing my thing. And I want Mm -hmm. that. I want my young coaches to see that. I want to see that like this, I want to develop that. So really just continuing to do what we're doing here and really just continue to drive this niche home and being the best relentless that we can be. You need to bring your mentorship online. Yeah, I know. That's I've had a couple of people say that to me too. I yeah. know. One day I have everything is customized. Everything's already in an online, an online uh, thing. So we could do it, but that just takes time. Uh, maybe one day. Just do it. Make it available. Good stuff. So can we end? We end every one of these with five quick rapid fire questions, just to give everybody a little bit more insight into who Emily is as a person. Um, they're fun questions that that we've had a lot of fun with in the past episodes. Okay. All right. You ready? Yep. What, what would be your walkout song? Oh, that's such a good one. What would be my walkout song? Oh my goodness. I'm really bad at that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking my walkout song. Uh, the ocean by Led Zeppelin. It's a good one. I like that. That's it's one of my favorite songs. Absolutely. What's your favorite exercise? Mm, the snatch. I think it's beautiful. Okay. Are you when still competing? Yeah. No, not anymore. No, no. I'm, 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 I barely have time to coach the competitions. Thank goodness I have so many awesome coaches that have competed and mm-hmm. they're like coaching my athletes, but I don't really have much time anymore. Maybe one day when my life slows down a little bit, but. No, Welcome just, to being a business owner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. is like my only me time. So. Absolutely. One food for the rest of your life. What would oh. you eat? So weird. I love pretzel chips. I think they are the best thing on earth. I love all of the different flavors. I would eat that forever. I love pretzel chips. I definitely have them every day. Okay. Going off of that, what's your one guilty pleasure? Mm, a guilty pleasure. I love a good burger and like sweet potato fries. That is my, if I like need to indulge, that's what I'm having. Love it. And finally, what's your favorite thing about the Philly area? Oh, I love how close we are to everything. I'm born and raised this area. I'm never going to leave. Everything mm-hmm. is within driving distance. It is. I love Philly. I lived in Philly for five years. I love the, sub, the suburbs. I was born and raised here. That's where my business is. Mm-hmm. I love it because I can go anywhere in my car. I can go to the beach. I can go to New York. I can drive down south. Everything is just so accessible, and there's so many cool little communities within mm-hmm. the Philly area, and I just love it. Yeah. I agree. Great. So if people want to get in contact with you in, in closing, Emily, how should they reach out to you if they want to train with you, if they just want to get some mentorship from you? How can they reach out and contact you? So the best way is probably our website because you can just do a contact form on there. So it's relentlessathleticsllc.com. Definitely the easiest. The other one is Instagram because I run it as at relentless underscore athletics underscore. Love it. Once again, Emily, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you're doing to kind of mentor young females and provide them with a safe space to learn how to get strong because that just, that empowers them in so many ways. So I appreciate what you're doing out in Hatfield. Hopefully this helps to get the word out there, helps to bring people into your mission. And it only means good things to come for you and your business. Thank you so much, John. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you asking me to be on. Absolutely. Thank you. Of course. See ya. Bye. Hey, hold on a second. Don't leave yet. This is your host, Dr. John Herding, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fitness Philadelphia. If you did, I'm going to ask you to do three simple things. They take less than five minutes and they go such a long way. We really do appreciate it. Number one, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to it. iTunes, Spotify, or whatever it may be. Number two, please leave us a favorable review. Number three, share it. 
put it on social media, talk about it with your friends, send it in a text message, whatever you can do to share this episode because we put a lot of work into it and we want to make sure as many people are getting the value out of it as possible. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more, please go to precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness Philadelphia. Thank you so much. This is Dr. John Herding. This is Fitness Philadelphia and have a great day.